Yes, it's me, Mike Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. It's the fastest, it's the friendliest, and it's for all the family. The Gas Shocks 116 Trophy and 120 Coupe Cup are the fastest growing race series in the UK, taking in six one-hour races and eight sprints at all the top circuits. Visit 116trophy.com to find out more and get yourself behind the wheel. Yes, it's me, Mike Stone, welcoming you to part two of the Backseat Driver podcast, Classic Le Mans Special 2023. I'm here with one of Backseat Driver's regulars, I think it's safe to say a regular, John Lomas, Blue Diamond Riley Services. John, welcome back to the Backseat Driver. I know, Backseat Driver on tour. Very good to see you out here in the sun. (laughs) Now... You're at Le Mans, but just for a novelty, you're not competing. You're uh, you're not behind the wheel. You're uh, looking at everybody else's wheels as such. What is Blue Diamonds and yours? What? Why are you here? Yeah, so I'm not. I've got a figure for rallying, not for racing. So that's why I don't do. <laughs> I was built for comfort, not for speed. So we're here supporting um, Ralph Emelin in the Riley Nine Brooklands, and then also helping out Keith Pointing who. Does consulting for us who's running uh, AVC, one of the works, 12 fours. Um, challenging uh, day yesterday, should we say. It's motor racing, so our, our customer's car did two and a half laps and then basically had an uh, engine problem, so unfortunately that's out. Um, so we're now kind of switched into helping Keith and enjoying all the sights and sounds of Le Mans. So hugely gutting, customer's gutted, we're gutted, there's nothing you can do. Mercedes-Benz can't get two things to go round and round in a circle every two weeks and they've got a nine-figure budget so that's you know we're dealing with 86-year-old technology uh, and things can and do go wrong but it, it's just we're all quite a bit flat today that's why you saw me yesterday when we were waiting for the recovery truck and I was a bit like can I talk to you later yeah you were definitely a bit hyper yesterday weren't you yeah yeah because you know you this isn't modern tele- telemetry you haven't got all the data logging so we sat there watching split times and then it comes up and it says car 19 stopped at Marshall Post 9 and you don't know what's gone on you don't know whether the driver's injured you don't know whether the car's on fire you don't know whether the car's got a slight problem and you've got to sit here and wait till it arrives back to be able to interrogate it and annoyingly this year I think because they're so busy they don't recover it back to the paddock they drop it somewhere so that we then had the the joy ignominy whatever i call it of pushing the car back through crowds of people and then working out what it is so but do you know what that's that's that, that's the lows of it that car's won the index of performance a couple of times so you you celebrate and commiserate together i mean these guys are from an era when the things you've just described when they happened back then the the teams the mechanics had no idea until the car reappeared in the pits no no you don't you just have to wait interrogate the driver the, the one good thing we've got on this the the owner runs a GoPro, so we can then start to look at things like that. But you, you are, you are trying to understand what's gone on and trying to fix it. But you're also dealing with technology that's eighty plus years old. You know, your modern car, my modern car, doesn't run a dynamo. It doesn't run carburetors. It doesn't run cable brakes. It's so you, it doesn't have white metal. You, you're inherently dealing with things that are superseded. So, um, yeah, it's it's more now about watching friends go around and having a beer and enjoying the sights and sounds of Le Mans which are completely unique and I was just going to say I mean what is it about Le Mans 
I mean, it's, it is classed as the greatest race in the world, which it is and was. I mean, for all these years, I mean, this is the 100th anniversary, though there's only been 91 races due to things called World War Two and uh, the French going on strike, yeah. which they're very good at, but it's still one of the most incredible races in the world. Yeah, it, it's phenomenal. It's the, it's the endurance factor, which obviously... It is a big thing getting your car around and doing it. It's the sights, the sounds. It's so French, you know. You you kind of have a guy with a whistle and a two fifty short wheelbase driving past a pub with a load of people having a drink. It's it's the drive down when you you're getting into convoys of, of everything from pre-war to modern supercars and everyone's flashing each other out and you it, it it it's an experience that I don't think you can define. Goodwood is phenomenal. It's a, lot, it's a lot smaller, so you can get around it quicker, um, which is a benefit. But it, th- this is just brilliant. And as I say, the other beautiful French thing is, you know, we've got team passes to allow us to get places. And then we get told, no, it doesn't end in a zero. You can't get anywhere. And you're like, what? And then you can just wander through a different gate and no one says a word. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a little piece of home for a while. And where else can you listen to Group C racers and the Bentley that won in 2003 and then watch a 19... 19- 26, 28 Bentley drive around. I mean, it's just epic. Yeah, I mean, there is, there is like you said, it, well, I mean, we are in France, but it is uniquely French in how it operates and everything else. But, I mean, like, back to the cars. I mean, a lot of the cars that you run and a lot of the cars here, the old ones, a lot of the cars are still original, aren't they? I mean, it's 80-odd-year-old componentry still trying to do its stuff. Yeah, that's it. You, you know, there's certain things you do, you have to replace cranks and rods and pistons, but inevitably it has to be generically most of the car it was um, and also that you know these certainly the car behind the avc you know that ran in in period that that was here in 30 35 i think it was um so you know those kind of cars ran did it experienced it and what i always find amazing is it's not like the modern group whatever supercars they drove here so they drove the cars from Cricklewood for Bentley, they drove the cars from Coventry for Riley, they did the 24 hours, then they drove them back I mean can you imagine Lewis Hamilton good as he is, getting in his car and driving it from Brackley to here to drive it back, albeit I know he's not a Le Mans driver but yeah it's, it's the, it is the greatest race, it's the greatest show um, nice to see it on the other side but watching it but wanting to be out there doing it and enjoying it you know what, that's the way it goes I know you've said you're not a you're not a racer. I mean, I'm not a racer anymore. I'm a like you. I do rallies and things like that. They're a lot more comfortable to do in theory. But I mean, have you been out? Have you done a lap here? Uh, I, yeah, I did actually do a lap with uh, my late father. We came well before Blue Diamond. We came, I think, in 2014. So Dad and I went round in his imp, and I drove. And it, you know, that's a Riley imp, not an Ilman imp. No, no, that's, it's the first imp, as I always say. So yeah, we did that. It was uh, it was interesting because it absolutely persisted down. It was like being back in Ramsbottom. <laughs> and the other bit of comedy was we're, we're in the car and we were just paid to do two laps as a club, but we were out with the Dodge Viper Club of France. So all you'd got for the first I don't know quarter of a mile was brum, ba, 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 pop, pop. and I was like, what's going on with the car? It's making all these funny noises. We let all the Dodge Vipers go, and then we just enjoyed it. But I think. For me, I'd possibly like to start a bit of racing, but I'm quite content with the rallying, and I'd need to lose. I need to come back half the size, otherwise I need a <laughs> I need a six-cylinder engine. But you know, it's it, it's different. It's very focused for these guys racing in pre-war because there's no 
you know, there's helmets and there's and there's overalls, but there's no hands device, there's no seatbelt, so it will sharpen your mind. I, I talked to a friend of mine, Ewan from Kingsbury, who does the Bentleys, last night. First time he's raced here, he's a very quick driver and a very accomplished driver. He's doing 110 miles an hour down the Mulsane Strait and can hardly see anything. And he said it wasn't for the corner markers, you just go straight on. So there's a real skill set for, for the pre-war stuff doing this. And, uh, you know, you are you are in the hands of the gods and your engineers and your mechanics and your skill. I know I talked to one driver of a very old car and he said, a lot of the time on Mulsanne, you're on your own. You're just pottering along quietly. It's all of a sudden you get to a corner and where have all these cars come from? Yeah, very much so. Isn't it? And that's what I also find the greatness here is you've got the... Works Tolberts that are exceptionally quick. You've got Bentleys that are quick. You've Astons are quick, and then you've got people driving around. There's a guy two pits up from us in, in Austin Seven. He, he's, he could almost be driving around with an open face helmet, a cigar, waving at marshals. So that's a skill set for drivers with different speeds. But it, yeah, it's. I guess that more saying will be a lonely place on your own. But then also you've got to pinch yourself and say, I'm, I'm driving this. You know, like what, what an amazing place to be at. Just like for me when we're out on the pit lane I'm just a bloke from Ramsbottom that's just amazing never, never forget how good it is to be there in and amongst it and, and watching those cars and experience it whether it's 2003 or whether it's 1923 I mean you mentioned me now Mulsa. I mean the other night how dare I I went to buy a packet of cigarettes and because the circuit was closed because the racing had finished and qualifying for the day I drive down Mulsanne Strait, or Hunodiers as it's called, to go and buy a pack of cigarettes. It is a piece of normal road. And that, I think that's the other beauty with Le Mans as a concept is, it is back to those days, like at Monaco, it's a road. We'll close it off, we'll do this. And it's reams, it's all those, it's the glory days of, of the old way. And you know, I have friends who've done it, they've, they've been down on holiday with their parents in a caravan, and they've driven down the Mulsane Strait. And you can say, I've done it. A bit like... You can't necessarily do it now, but I remember the first time I did the speed limit plus that with my dad, and you say, right, I've done a ton. Ooh, that's fantastic. And, and there's still a bit of this that is jumpers for goalposts, the old way of doing it, which is fantastic. Um, and, and I, yeah, it's, if you've never been, you, you, you have to come. For me, I've never done the modern Le Mans. I think that's a different experience, but this, as a, as a sporting event and a festival, offers you everything whether you like 50s cars 60s cars 2000 cars 30s cars you can watch it all in each one does three sets of racing um so i'd recommend it to anyone fair trek but my god what a trek it is from the north with all those cars on the ferry and and at the services and yeah brilliant i mean the other things you mentioned the cars i mean whilst you're driving in there, there isn't a car a make of car a model of car you won't see no matter what you turn up, if you turn up in what you might think is your own flash car, you'll soon get back down to earth, won't you? Because they're all out there, they're all driving around on the public roads. Exactly, and it, if you came here in a Nova GSI, you would be exceptional, because everyone's got a 911, everyone's got this, but it, I think for me it's that shared love of petrol, so you can, you can have as much fun in the journey in so last year I was very lucky I came out of an Impreza Turbo I came out in that it was epic this year I'm going on holiday after the event down to Portugal I've come in my wife's 1.4 Polo GT and yes I'm sat there thinking oh I'd love to be in a ride I'd love to be in this but I had as much of a giggle changing lanes flashing people out jumping in a little convoy with people saying hello and, and that, I think it's if you like petrol you will like it here 
and the person who's come in the McLaren F1 will have as much of a chat at the petrol station to the guy who's come in a I don't know a modern Corsa SXI if he's got the stickers on the back or he's got the shirt on and it yeah it's it, but car park wise it's immense I dread to think the insurance policy value for what's in here if, if a bomb went off if a nuclear bomb went off yes it would be very disappointing but it also there'd be a lot of people going right hang on a minute there's three of those five of those ten of those it's you know it, but it's not done in a way that's ostentatious it's done in a way that is wandering the pits the pits and the paddock area we are the, the part firme is is open there's, you can see now there's a little rope in between a car that's worth half a million pounds it's just a rope on a carabiner yeah. it's not F1 where it, you you sat watching someone as a Sabutio figure going round. <laughs> so that I think that also engages the next generation in in our sport and our hobby. And the other thing is the cars here are here because they are used. They're not sat in a museum. They're not something that gets polished and put in a showground. They are on show in the paddocks, but later on today they'll be out doing what they were built to do. They're not show cars. Definitely not. You know, and and some will come on trailers because if they're race cars, they you know it's not always wise to drive it here. Um, but they are cars that are used. You know, you take the Benchfields Bentley race where they've got something like seventy-five or eighty Bentleys running around. Forty of those came down on the ferry in convoy, driven all the way here. We'll do the event and drive back. So. It shows you they can, they can do that road mileage. Yes, if you're into the modern stuff that's Group C, you're not going to drive it down because it's not road legal. But they are cars that are used, and and often that gives it something that's just a bit special as well. It's not a show pony. It's, um, but it again, it's it's the variations. We sort of one o'clock this morning we were out supporting, and and we take two two knock-on wheels and a, and a sort of hand toolbox, and then next was is the. Uh, endurance racing series where the guy has a quad and like a train that's about 40 foot long of tyres computers, jacks and he looked at us and I looked at him and I was like well how's his, you know we could, two of us could carry it that's it, they need 12 people to run it and that shows you how motorsports changed and, and all the things you know, we're not data logging, we're not when the car goes wrong we have to wait for the driver to come back and say what happened whereas they're going oh hang on a minute he just needs to knock his tyre pressure down by half a PSI because he's not handling that S, S is, Porsche S is right so but. well there's one thing we can safely say when you open a bonnet here it's got an engine you won't find any batteries no 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 you can hit it with a hammer or a Glaswegian spanner and um, you know you can but again also the, the, the spirit of the event when we found we got problems yesterday two French guys came along gave us a leaflet and said we own a workshop that is 10 minutes away we keep it open fall them on with milling milli machines, CNC machines, full engine rebuild workshop, whatever you need, give us a shout. And that's, again, that's that spirit of, of competitiveness, of going there. And, and that's a beautiful thing to have in motorsport. Just like we have friends who were, we were TTP performance at the moment, they're running something in Plateau 3. We're camping with them. If they, now we're not supporting our customer, if they need help, we go and do it. And that help can be mechanicing, going getting the beers. Go and get in the pit board, you work together and it's a real family environment, whether you're running old stuff or new stuff. 
John Lomas, Blue Diamond Rally Services. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. It's been nice seeing you here at Le Mans because normally it's in my dining room recording a radio interview. It is. For the management, I would definitely recommend this is a much more salubrious environment. <laughs> your dining room and your lounge are fantastic, but the more we could do out here, the better for both of us. But great to be on and great to see you. Once again, John, thanks very much indeed. Thank you. I'm here with Pierre. We're sticking with Pierre because apparently his full name is too complicated to say. But Pierre, welcome to the Backseat Driver. Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm just starting my first Le Mans. It's just amazing. It's crazy. <laughs> what an enjoyment. Why the, fir why the first time? Why is it taking you so long to get here? Um, first of all, um, huh, I'm restoring uh, Pierre cars. And... Um, I wanted to acquire, um, I would say, a quick pre-war car. So it means uh, in the latest years of the 30s. And uh, I got that, uh, you know, this is, um, I mean, the choice is between the Morgan, the Riley, the LV, the MJ. The, um, at the end of the day, I... I I could have an opportunity around an HRG. I, I don't know how you pronounce that in English. HRG. HRG, okay. And I was liking that car because it was a rare car. Um, now consider, consider really as a pre-war car, even if they have been manufactured just after the war. And it's a quick and very interesting car in terms of handling and um, I mean there is a lot of potential around that car so the good thing about that is that the HRG is eligible for Le Mans which is a must <laughs> and uh, and I wanted just to have a quick hardy car but I say mm, I have a race car why I wouldn't do racing and um, I understood that the pre-owner has already registered it, which means that I could have an early bird price, which is, however, much too expensive. But because I got it at a good price, I integrate that engagement in the price of the car. So making it a package and uh, having some coherence between having a quick car, a race car, and making racing. <laughs> How long have you been racing? I would not say that I have been really racing. Um, it's uh, in Prewar we are more mostly in demonstration in France. So I was participating to Angoulême, Les Remparts. Uh, I wanted to go to Pau, but it was already a very quick thing. Um, I am. I used to go to the Vintage Revival in Montlhéry, which is a. a a fantastic exhibition, I mean, uh, a, a live museum. And um, every time we have been really in demonstration, it's really the first time that I am making racing. So how do you find Le Mans? Because, I mean, it, it, it is a race. Well, we're here to celebrate the 100th anniversary, though there hasn't been 100 races. But, I mean, it's a legendary race. In my opinion, it is still the greatest race running today the moderns but the historics how do you find the circuit it's a symbol huh? first uh, it's uh, you are just very humble you know when you enter in that thing um, it's a very quick race 
I mean, it's uh, full throttle in third, full throttle in fourth, and you just understand that there will be a curve when you see the, just a panel about braking, you know, because because it's so long, it is all 13.6 kilometers, that sometimes you just drive alone. <laughs> and, uh, and suddenly, you have three in front, you have three in your mirrors, and you don't understand why you are not alone anymore. <laughs> but uh, it's very surprising for me that to anticipate a curve, just because I'm seeing panel, about the number of hundreds of meters that I need to, to select to, to, to put all my weight on the brakes. <laughs> now, at Le Mans, there's been some of the greatest names in racing. I mean, some of the... You've just been driving on tarmac that some of the greatest names in the world. Do you ever think about that? Um, no, I take care of my ass first. <laughs> I mean, I was scary, and uh, finally the adrenaline make you quit that uh, mode and and you go on but uh, yeah uh, i mean you you are in uh, huh. I, I am losing my word in english i'm sorry but it, this is a, so much symbolic you know and there is so much history and i wanted to participate to that 100 years century because i will be late for the second 100 years <laughs> <laughs> so so this is uh, this is a unique experience. Perhaps I will not come back. I just don't know. Because, because it's a big thing. Because it's expensive. Because perhaps I don't have the, I would say, the level of income to, to make that every two years. And there is cheaper thing to do. But to have done that once in your life is, is just a, a gift of the life, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's the legendary corners and the legendary straight Mulsanne. I mean, nothing brings Le Mans to life like the word or the mention of Mulsanne Strait uh, I don't know if I catch all that uh, Mulsanne I mean there's nothing quite Mulsanne. like Mulsanne oh, Strait yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's damn quick <laughs> it's damn quick and thanks God they make uh, two curves you know in order to to slow down that, uh, that straight line and um, even if you go fast it's long it's long <laughs> And uh, I have the chance of a car, I don't know, uh, in MPH, it's uh, a little bit more than the 100 MPH that that car is going. But yeah. it's still, it, it's still a long way to go. I mean, 13.6 13. kilometers is, it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. So uh, the question is to be uh, below the eight minutes uh, to make this. Um, but I still have a lot of improvement to do in my um, trajectoire. Cornering. Yeah, in the cornering. Uh, especially when you are alone again, because you need to think uh, really uh, where I go in, where I will go out. And you are sometimes very surprised, but just because of the grave, which is coming very fast. And you block the wheels. You, you make mistakes with your with your gearing and um, finally I, I just had once to put in second gear but uh, you know that crazy thing here is that the first time you race which was, was the first time I was running in Le Mans is qualification I mean <laughs> it's a kind of selection huh? <laughs> and it gets faster in the race it gets faster you will be faster I will be faster because and it's where the danger is because I don't have any more fears, <laughs> which, 
Uh, perhaps I will sit in, in the sand some sometime later. I don't know. I don't know. We will try not to do that. Well, Pierre, what, what is your full name? Ah, uh, Lambert. Pierre? Pierre Lambert. Right. So, but yes, Pierre Lambert. Or Lambert, I dare Lambert, say. Lambert, yeah. Thank you very much for joining me on the Backseat Driver. It's been a pleasure. And I'm delighted that you've enjoyed your first time here at Le Mans. Yeah. And, you know, at our age, it's very difficult to find the first time of something. <laughs> But for sure, a first time is not something you forget. Very true. And, uh, at our, and, and then to reach that first time now, it's uh, delightful. What else is there left for you to do for the first time? Um, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Pierre Lambert, thank you very much for joining me on The Backseat Driver. You're welcome, and thank you for your interest in, uh, in a beginner. <laughs> and I appreciate your presence here, and, you know, to make all the noise possible around this event, which is fantastic. Thank you very much. I'm here at Classic Le Mans 2023 with Vincent from Swickstill. Now, a lot of you might realise or have noticed that in a lot of my promo images, I'm wearing a brand of clothing called Swickstill. And this is the man who brought it back. He gave it a new lease of life from when it was at its height, 1950s, 1960s. So, Vincent, welcome to the Backseat Driver. Well, thank you, Mark. I'm glad to be here. How did the recreation of Swickstill come about? Where did you get the idea from to bring back an old brand of clothing? It was mostly uh, an inspiration from uh, American Racing, the book from, uh, you know, with Denise McLuggage and uh, Tom Burnside Pictures. And, uh, but again, a long love for everything classic related. And, and the idea that um, that period was not recognized for what it truly deserves. A little bit like, uh, you know, Mark has done for the other Mark, has done for <laughs> Peter Collins, a recognition that, you know, uh, that spirit deserved to be brought back to life. And that's what we're trying to do with, uh, with the brand. Now, to, to, to bring it back, I conclude you to go and find examples of the original Swig still. Yes, we have. We've found uh, a few examples of uh, you know shirts pants polos and all that but we've also found a, an enormous treasure trove of uh, photographs uh, black and white and colors and that's been uh, that's been immensely useful for us to recreate a range of uh, merchandise that we bring to people now in days past it was worn by a lot of famous drivers wasn't it it was it was almost as a um, seen as a proof of your status as a driver if you wore the gear then you were a proper driver and so yes we were fortunate enough to be uh, able to find pictures with uh, all the argentinians of course uh Fangio, gonzalez and uh Maimon and all you know Maimon father and son and uh, and also a lot of the uh, um, european drivers who, uh, who were just too happy uh, to be associated with the uh, argentinian racing team Now, I got told a long while ago that it came to popularity. Fangio was wearing it, and then he used to take spare, spare ones to the circuits and hand them out to the other drivers. Well, he would do that, and also, I think, uh, you know, after a while, it became uh, 
sort of promotional tool for the brand in Argentina to be the universal brand at the track and and it built a reputation for being the sponsor of Formula One drivers and it was originally the sponsor of the Argentinian racing team when they came over to Europe as the Armada and after that it you know it, it was a status symbol to be seen in in Swixhill because it meant you were a true driver. What does Swixhill mean? Originally uh, it was founded by a Russian immigrant, uh, Solomon Rudman, and I think he was trying to convey the idea of quality when he created the brand, and he called it Swiss Textile, which combined turned it to Swixtel. And today, I mean, where we are now, we're just opposite your stand here at Le Mans. I mean, it generates an incredible amount of interest. Well, you know, it's, I think, because, again, we are very faithful to an idea of, uh, of racing in the past that was a lot more glamorous than, than what things turned out to be today, where uh, values have been lost and character has been diluted. Uh, we go back to, we hop back to a time when uh, you could look up people and, and really be proud of what they were doing. It was some sort of uh, energy as I think brought people to the moon, you know, that sort of uh, no limits, playing for more. Now, Currently we have polo shirts of short sleeve, long sleeve, uh, jackets, bags and various other items. What else is due to the to be added to the Swixtil range? What have you discovered in the old range that you have yet to bring back? Well, there's, there's a lot more, but we keep it secret to keep the interest high. We can't disclose yet, you know, it's, otherwise it'll, it loses the excitement. But are there other things in the pipeline, in the Swixtail pipeline? Of course, of course. It's a, uh, and we always bring new colours as well, so that uh, you don't get the feeling that mummy dressed you up, you know, and <laughs> you can have any colour you want, provided it's black kind of thing. We try to bring, you know, uh, a range of colours that people can choose from, yes. Now, as regards all this, I mean, you're, you're based in Hong Kong, that's where you live. How does it work? Do you come to Europe often, or uh, can you do it all from your base in Hong Kong? Well, it's uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not just a man from Hong Kong. <laughs> I love to. Uh, I love to come to events, uh, both Europe and the US, and I. I try to uh, make it as efficient as possible. So now, for example, I've come to Europe, and I'll be there for the whole summer, and go to the US from here, rather than go back to Hong Kong and then fly to the other side of the world. So uh, yeah, we we try to cover the grounds, and we also have a distribution network with distributors in uh, in our main markets, such as. Uh, the UK, France, Germany, the US, uh, you know, and, and Benelux, and, uh, and these people also are very active in promoting the Swixtel brand at various events around their network and, and territories. And one thing that's unusual is, unlike a lot of companies where the man, uh, the CEO and things like that, people never get to meet them. I mean, you're unusual in the fact that you come to events like Le Mans and the man behind the modern switch still is here for people to talk to. Well, I, um, I think it's also probably a different scale. <laughs> but the, uh, the reality is I love being at these events and uh, it'd be a poor um, exercise for me if I didn't like the activities that go around the brand. You know, it'd be a shame and I, I wouldn't want to be faking it. I actually enjoy these events. Now, you're a motor racing fan, we know. What is the era of motor racing that interests you the most? Uh, pretty much the uh, post-war, early 50s till late 50s, really, when uh, you know the standards were the beginning of Formula One, but the sportsmanship 
was at its uh, utmost and you had you had you know great speeds incredible machines but also people and character that uh, got lost somehow later on when uh, the power of money and and structuring got into the way I'm PR, public relations and media and everything else. People, drivers now can't answer a question without uh, it being approved by somebody. There's that too. But, you know, again, no, I mean, the, the idea that you could uh, you could do a race like the Mille Miglia and go like Sir Sterling did at 100 miles an hour for 10 hours straight is just incredible. That And that notion that now you have, you know, three or four drivers per team at Le Mans. I mean, there used to be two, you know, and... And it was still 24 hours anyway. And sometimes well, I mean, driver. sometimes it was one driver. One guy would have yes. and he'd drive a lot of it. Well, no, they had a rule about it. You had at least two drivers. And then they had a rule about what the minimum stage was and all that. But yes, because they reacted to things. But yes, it was at some point uh, only one driver. I think it was, what, Cinetti, right? Who did almost the whole thing by himself. Incredibly. I mean, you know, character. If somebody wants to find out more about Swixtill, how do they? What is the website, etc.? Well, it's uh, Swixtill.com, but we also have a website in different languages in different markets. So uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy to find out. And then we're also present on uh, social media, where we cover a lot of the things and the activities where we participate. Yes. Vincent from Swixtill, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting to you, and it is a pleasure to represent the Swixtill brand in the UK and elsewhere. We're very proud that you're doing it, Mark. Thank you for doing that. I'm here at Classic Le Mans 2023 with Mark Andrews of European Driving Tours Limited. Mark, welcome to the Backseat Driver. Hello. Now, besides arranging European driving tours as the name implies you're also doing one or two other things but just talk us through European driving tours and the other things that you're doing thank you well European driving tours is a business that's been going for 20 years now it's a, it's a great job um, people say it's not a job but it, it, it is but we take small groups across Europe um, Pyrenees, Italian lakes, and then we go further afield as well into Scandinavia and uh, Croatia, and we have a great time generally. But um, one of the things that uh, we we sort of realise is we go to a lot of uh, circuits because people that come on our our tours tend to have an affinity with cars and racing, and you know it's a common interest for most people. So we'll visit circuits and memorials at circuits. And um, we see lots of memorials of drivers like Fanjo and, uh, you know, Mike Hawthorne even at Goodwood. Um, but one of the things that uh, crossed my mind was that there were no memorials for one of Britain's greatest racing drivers, a guy called Peter Collins, who um, many of your listeners may not have heard of, but some I'm sure will. Um, Peter could, could well have been uh, Formula One world champion in 1956, um, but... As, as was the case in those days, you could share cars, and he was in the same team as Fanjo. And uh, Fanjo's car um, broke down, and uh, to cut a long story short, Peter came into the pits and voluntarily handed his car over, thus handing the, the championship to Fanjo. Um, in 1957, um, Peter drove for Ferrari, and in 1958, he was very high up in the world championship, but sadly died at the Nürburgring. And it was at the Nürburgring that we uh, 
we first had the idea of, of creating a memorial to Peter because we'd travelled all over Europe, we'd travelled around Peter's home area of Kidderminster, um, into some of the sites associated with him, the pubs that he dr- drunk at and... Uh, you know, places he went with Mike Hawthorne. Because that's one thing you can say. Back then, they were proper drivers, weren't they? They enjoyed a pint, amongst other things. They did indeed. Um, and, and Peter and Mike were great friends. Um, Wolfgang von Trips, and another driver who I'm, I'm quite um, passionate about, they were all big buddies. They drove hard, but after the racing, they enjoyed their lives as well. And, and Peter, um, Peter married an American actress called Louise King. And uh, they, they met... Um, and after two days they were engaged and after a week they were married they met in Miami and uh, they were the, the, the posh and becks of their day if you like the celebrity couple and uh, unusually for Enzo Ferrari um, Enzo sort of accepted Louise and, and he gave them both an apartment in Maranello which was unheard of because Enzo didn't like his drivers to be married um, he thought it took the edge off their driving um, and then a little later, um, Peter and Louise went to live on a houseboat in Monaco Harbour. So they really were the celebrity couple. And when he was asked about giving his car to Fanjo, Peter said, you know, at the end of the day, I'm only very young. Um, I've got plenty of time to win the World Championship. And of course, that never happened. He helped Mike Hawthorne get to the World Championship in 57. And then, as I said, sadly died in 58. So now we're raising funds for a, a memorial to, in fact... Um, we, we're having a, a bronze bust on a plinth at Shelsley Walsh, which was Peter's first cir- well, circuit, hill climb that he drove on. It was his local um, track. Um, the first couple of times he applied um, to, to join the hill climb, Peter was refused and Sterling Moss was also refused um, because they didn't, didn't have, any, have enough spaces for them. But we have a memorial going there, which we're hoping to unveil in spring next year. And we have one going to the Nürburgring, which we're um, unveiling in August this year at their old-timer event. And we're looking to raise £15,000 for those two memorials. We're currently at about £12,000, so we're a long way towards that target. And uh, if any of your listeners would would like to help us with that, and I I hope they will, if they went to the European Driving Tours website... um, just Google European driving tours. There's a there's a, a tab at the top of there um, entitled Peter Collins, and it gives all the details about what we're doing. And uh, you know, if if people would like to donate large or small amounts, then that that would be most most welcome. Um, we do have um, some some posters. We we have a, um, a, a notable German artist called Joe Klausman, who's donated uh, a painting which we've we've sold. Um, the original painting but we took a hundred limited edition prints of this painting and we've got them signed by some very notable people but in particular people that were quite close to Peter so the artist has signed it obviously and Peter's niece um, a, a lady called Deborah has, has signed it but we've also got Hans Hermann and Hans is the oldest remaining Formula One driver still alive that was driving in Peter's day. And he was actually driving at the Nürburgring the day Peter died. So he's signed these posters along with David Piper. And David was driving at the Nürburgring that day. Uh, another Formula One driver, um, famous for driving his green Ferraris. And also Howden Ganley, who, who drove for BRM in the 70s. And the nice thing about getting Howden's signature... Uh, he ties in with Peter because Peter also drove for BRM but Howden, um, BRM is a Lincolnshire um, team and I come from Lincolnshire so that sort of squared the circle for us 
but uh, these posters have become uh, very sort of attractive to people we, we've got about 17 left at the moment so again if anyone wants one of those we, we give one of those for any donation over a hundred pounds and as I say they've become quite collectible but that's certainly helped us get as far as we've got so far with this memorial campaign Mark Andrews it's been a pleasure chatting to you and as you said anybody who wants to get involved have a look at it uh, they need to visit all the W's, europeandrivingtours.co.uk. You can get involved with the tours, the memorials and everything else. But, as I've just said, from here at Classic Le Mans 2023, Mark Andrews, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks, Mark, and you too. I'm here at Classic Le Mans 2023 with Arno Farr. Is that correct? Yes, it's correct. Thank you. With a stunning 1923 Chenard Valcher. Tell us a little bit about the car. Uh, the car is uh, from uh, uh, 23. It's uh, the oldest car in the event, I think. And um, Chenard and Walker is uh, the, the thread uh, which uh, win um, uh, Le Mans. Uh, one century ago, and um, uh, with uh, one, one car is in the, the Museum of Le Mans, which is uh, supposed to be the winner. Uh, another one, uh, which uh, I've been the uh, second one, and uh, this one, uh, which is uh, the, the normal car, the, the other are sports. This is a regular car, and uh, uh, it finished uh, in the seventh place. How long have you owned it? Uh, five years. Five years of, uh, for restoration and to complete the car uh, for, uh, for this day. And do you enjoy racing it at Le Mans? Yes, it's magical. I, I am I'm very, very proud uh, uh, to be here and uh, I think we will spend uh, some, uh, some very good moments with my team and uh, specifically in the... Um, in the Unodier during the night, alone with a, a car with, which, which is a century car. And driving around with those headlights? Ah, this, this, this car is, um, is conformed with uh, the, the, um, the headlight of the, of, the, um, of the epoch of, the, uh, of this year. And um, in, in one century ago, you, you have to have an electric car, electric uh, headlight. Uh, which is new, and uh, we have a, uh, a sort of um, uh, headlight, which is acetylene, um, which, not, which is not functional today for a security reason. But uh, um, uh, we have to, to have um, two different uh, uh, headlights in, the, in the one century ago. But all the efforts worthwhile when you're out on the circuit. Everything you work, all the work, all the preparation... Everything is worthwhile when you're out there. When you're out on the circuit, when you're racing the car, yes. every all, all the effort of looking after it is worth it. It is it is worth everything to get the car back out on the circuit. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot of uh, of work. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, um, a lot of months to, to prepare it each, and uh, uh, it's a very difficult uh, race uh, for a century uh, car. <laughs> Very difficult.
I know. Thank you for, for joining me on the backseat driving. <laughs>